we could talk about weight loss from a calories in, calories out standpoint for days, right? There's so many theories and ideas around how to lose weight, how you can burn fat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But here in our Kingdom Fit Moms community, we know that there's more to it, right? There's the spiritual component, there's the emotional, mental component. And today, I think you're going to get a really unique perspective on some of the other aspects of weight loss that maybe you haven't considered, like epigenetics and identity. Mariah Jean, she is here to talk to you about that today in this interview. And I just have to say that Mariah has been one of those people in my life that has truly helped me become who I am. I did a six-month mentorship with her. She is a business coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. She's amazing. I've learned so much from her, and I know you will too. Let's hop into today's podcast. Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Fit Moms podcast, where we believe that you can go on a journey to lose weight for the last time. I know you've tried all the things and you may not believe me yet, but when you do weight loss the Kingdom Fit Moms way, everything changes. You're in the right place if weight is constantly on your mind, you're confused about food, you're missing out on memories, and maybe even putting your dreams off for another day because this weight struggle is no joke. We're a community and we're on a mission to invite God into this weight loss journey so you can shed the burden and shine your light. I want you to start living and believing in the version of yourself that heaven sees. Let's get started. Have you ever considered working one-on-one with a health coach? We currently have applications open for Fit Moms Accelerator. This is our six-month program where you get to work with me one-on-one and a just absolutely just an amazing group of kingdom-minded moms we're really here to be a mastermind community for you, where you can bounce ideas, pray for each other, learn from one another, learn questions that maybe you didn't even know that you had so that you can heal faster. That's the power of working together inside of Fit Moms Accelerator. If you know that this is the next step that you need to take, I'm going to drop the application in the show notes today. We do have limited space in this because it takes time, it takes energy for me to really pour into every single one of my clients. We work together to renovate your schedule, to reset your health foundations, to understand real food and how that can apply to your family, all the questions that come up, all the brain drama, and then there's the healing piece, right? Like I want to dive into my clients' lives. I wanna know the specifics of where did that trauma start? or when did we start going down this path of struggling with weight and really diving into the nitty gritty of their lives and helping them to see things from another perspective. So if you want that kind of help from a kingdom perspective, understanding, okay, I, I want to break free from the struggle with excess weight and I wanna do it in a way that honors the Lord in a way that I'm setting myself up for lasting success, then Fit Moms Accelerator may be the next step for you. So you can hop down and you can apply in the show notes and we will both see if it's a good fit mutually. All right, let's get started. Hi, Mariah, welcome to the Kingdom Fit Moms podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you today. Hi, Kelsey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Yeah, it's awesome to hang out and um, you guys listening, this is really a treat. Mariah has 
you know, when you think about the people in your life who have really influenced you and have really helped you to like step into that higher version of yourself and to really walk out your giftings in fullness. Like Mariah has been one of those people for me. So I get, I'm so excited for you all to hear from, from her because it's going to really be a treat. So Mariah, can you tell us, tell our audience a little bit about you so we can get to know you? Oh man. Well, thank you for that introduction. That just delights me because what you said about people's destiny, like it just, it's like candy to me. It's like, if God dreamed dreams for us before the foundation of time, these good works that we should walk in them because we're his masterpiece. Like I want to help him make his dreams come true. So there's dreams planted in every single person, especially those here listening. And you guys are conscious of it. Like I, that to me, that is the greatest gift to get to like, be like, what did God plant? And only you, the only you can walk in. And like, how do we get you there? And how do we be brothers and sisters together along that journey? Cause I have things I need to learn from you guys. And I know I've learned so much from you, Kelsey. And I just love getting to be family as we seek after him and do these things he's called us to do at this moment in history. So, so yeah, it's so a little bit about me. I am the oldest of 10 kids and mom of two amazing little women. And they are all the coolest people I know. And there's something about that, that just woke up in me, this passion for how amazing God's people are and how cool they are. And I'm like, I just want to see, just like I watched my brothers and sisters grow up and become literally the coolest people I know. I was like, I can't not do that in my work and in my business. And so I have kind of made a career of helping us grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. And that has been just the delight of my heart, just to get to watch his people become more and more like him every day. So I forget if that was the direction you were going, but that was what came out of me. Yeah, I love it. It's so, it's fun to hear. And I'm sure you'll share some more of that today, but just to hear your story growing up as one of 10 and now raising kids. And I love how you, you talk about your girls. I have little kids, so you know, it's, it's always good to hear from moms who are on the other side of little kid season and your, your kids grew up to be amazing humans. That's <laughs> gives us all a lot of hope. We weren't there yet. <laughs> I'm definitely in that pre kind of like glimpsing empty nest season. And that's like crazy to me. Mm. I watched this 17 year old who, you know, is a senior and works full, you know, a, a almost full-time part-time job. And she just is stewarding her own life so well. And I'm just like, wow, like I made that. Like I, I gave her everything I have and she's off running with it. And it's just this thing of like, wow. Like if we talk about in the church of like our ceiling is their floor and I really want, I'm like, that's why I have to grow as high as I can. So she has that much more to work with because she does put it to good use. And so, yeah, it's kind of like been fun raising you. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's just, the, it's a gift to get all of our stories intertwined the way we do. Definitely. And teenagers are so cool. And I love how you bring that out in your kids. And it's not like a a threatening season, you know, it's, it's, they're so cool when they're teenagers. I love to, oh, yeah. I just do. <laughs> I refused to just subscribe to that story. And we're going to talk about that actually today. That's actually what we're talking about is like, I, I refuse to subscribe to that story that I, the teenagers had to be rough. I'm like, no, the teenagers are going to be the best and they have been. And they, it's not that we didn't have to fight for that and definitely do this work. And, and honestly, the, what we're talking about today, I do contribute to as 
amazing as a relationship with my, as my girls and I do have now, like doing this work and doing my own healing is what has made that available for them. Because just like scripture says, healing is the children's bread. And it took me a while to get my head wrapped around like, Lord, what does that mean? He's like, your healing is what nourishes your children. Your healing is what allows them to be well-fed, well-nourished, well-rounded. And I have found it to be, I've definitely been felt like living proof of that. That's so good. Your healing, your healing nourishes your children. That's what you said, right? Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing the scripture. Yeah. The best. Yeah. I've found so, so good. Well, tell us a little bit more about you. Um, three things you're loving right now. I love to ask all my guests just to hear more about your life and what's going on in Mariah's world. Yeah. So we already talked about it a little bit, but I'm loving this phase with my girls. Like, I'm like, man, I did good. Right. And I, it's, it's such a, a beautiful pre-season kind of thing of like, man, we get to have and be like, we want to look back and be like, oh, wait, we did good. Right. Well done. Right. That's the longing of his heart. It's the longing of our heart to hear it. And having these seasons that have beginnings and endings of like, okay, I I'm, I'm wrapping that season up well. So I'm loving getting to experience that with my girls. Probably a second thing as I'm making that transition is pivoting more towards how do I steward myself as a woman? as, you know, walking in healthy boundaries so I can really show up and serve well. And I know that's a driving core driver of your, of your kingdom moms, Kelsey, because they want to be the best version of themselves for their kids, right. For their calling for it to serve their families and to serve their communities. And I'm like, I have to steward myself so well. And what that's looked like in my season is kind of realizing, okay, here's what my needs actually are to be able to do that well. Right. And those shift with every season. We all know, right. If we're nursing or if we have toddlers or, you know, grade schoolers, like those seasons shift. And what that looks like in my season is like getting radically vulnerable, even with my teenagers, right. About Hey, here's what it looks like to live with each other in this season. Here's what we actually need. And so that's been a, a new season. I mean, we're going to find it over and over again in all of our new seasons that it it's, we're getting up leveled all the time. And that's what mine's looked like. And yeah. So then walking that out, walking that out in the different relationships, I think that's been one tapping into it myself, but then getting doing, it's always easy when it's just us and the Lord. Right. And then we like, yeah. actually have to walk it out with people and <laughs> people yeah. are as easy as God. Right. And don't have as much patience with us as God does. And so it's like, wait a minute, this is actually where the rubber meets the road. And I get to practice it. Like it doesn't stay theoretical. It doesn't stay just spiritual. It's like, no, our, our whole thing is to bring heaven to earth. So actually getting really, like, oh man, like getting embodied and getting present with our people and getting present with like, here's how we walk this out. Here's how we do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's just been my dual side. It's like two sides of the same coin, my two and three there. But that's what I've been really, that's been part of my journey and things I'm loving in this season. I love it. I love how you said getting radically vulnerable with people because I think that there is a big movement in church culture where that's happening more. Like we've kind of been walking around as wounded, just like silently wounded, you know, and now there's just a big movement. And my husband and I, we've been going through our own healing journey. And as as we become radically vulnerable, there's such freedom in that. And so you can release shame and walk in that, in that freedom. And like life is so much better, right? So much better. It's yeah. There's no like make assumptions being made. It's like clear 
it's like, and there's really a release of like, Hey, this is who I am. I'm stewarding my space and I'm just doing best, my best to inform you because we are, the Lord is asking us to be collaborative, to be relational, to show up for each other and bear each other's burdens and have real connection and real connection cannot happen unless we're connected with as much of ourselves as we can be in that moment. And then really show up and share that with others. Yeah, definitely. And a big part of what we do in our Kingdom Fit Moms communities and Fit Moms Academy, Fit Moms Accelerator is to focus on our thoughts and learning to see ourselves that way, the way that heaven sees us in that purity, you know, without shame. And you're really an expert at pulling this out of people. So would you mind sharing a little bit more about your journey to get to this point and any pivotal moments, you know, for you to really understand God's love and to walk that out? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Wasn't the life story I thought I would live. I remember being a kid and like kind of I would narrate. I grew up watch, uh, reading like Little House on the Prairie, right? All these first person narratives. And I would kind of narrate my life in my head. And we all have these stories we think we're going to live. And then they don't quite turn out the way we expected. Sometimes we end up on very different trajectories, right? Like I know when you went to med school, you didn't expect to be here. And yet God is using all of that. So my trajectory is I just wanted to be a missionary. I just wanted to like love God and serve him. And throughout my teenage years, my parents went into a patriarchal Christian cult and through a long series of events, uh, both of these things turned out to be true, but I had an arranged marriage. And then I also had to run away to marry the same man. And so I can only begin to tell you in the midst of all of those factors there, all the messages that I was being told about who I was, right? There were certain things that I were only available to me as a woman. I was told that I couldn't hear from God or Holy Spirit because I was a woman. And I was like, well, the problem with that is we've already talked. Like we've already met him. Like it doesn't work to tell me and try to tell me I can't talk to someone that I've talked to. And so I just, and then all these things about like, you know, like I was told I was a rebellious daughter because I was resisting this relationship. And then it ended up just evolving to such a state and the enemy had so much, um, so many, all his hands in it everywhere. That I finally just, again, ran away and was like, you know what, this is the best action forward. And it really was at the time. And that's one of those things where it's like, we, I think all of us can look back on situations in our life and be like, I kind of wish I could have done better maybe like, but we kind of did the best we could with what we had at the moment. And I actually did a Facebook live yesterday about, just because it could have been different doesn't mean it would have been better. And accepting that like all of those things can be real. So as you can imagine throughout experiencing all of that and really having, being super close with God, but then having my own mom have struggled with her own mental health issues and her being the, you know, my closest, closest example of what it is to be a woman. Like I had to really get like, really go to war with like, what is my identity? Who am I? Like, who am I as a woman? Who am I as, as God's daughter first? Who am I as my parents' daughter? Who's trying my best to honor them? Who am I, who am I as my brothers and sisters, oldest sister? And really what the Lord brought back, he's, you know, one of the reasons he, he had to work long and hard on me to get me to actually be like, I had to leave my home of origin. It was brutal. I mean, for him, and he really brought it brought it back to the only way they're gonna ever find freedom is if you make it real for them. And fast forward twenty years, that's exactly what's happened because I can just this is the biggest praise report of my entire life. But my family is 
all free walking with the Lord. Now the Lord did a massive work. That entire cult came crashing down, um, after 13 years of interceding and tens of thousands of families are now free to seek Jesus for themselves. And so when I look at what God has done in my family, I'm just like, don't tell me what my God can't do because after my siblings being told all sorts of lies about me and then not, you know, being able to know any better at the time, I now have relationship restored with all of them. And they frequently call me up to like, you know, walk them through some of their life things. I'm like, you guys are in such better shape than I was at, at your age. And I just, it delights me. So when I, I just so understand Jesus as that heart of the firstborn who like, he's the firstborn of many brethren. And he's like, everything I do, you do, and then go do greater things. Cause I'm like, I just show up and do what I do so that my siblings can know that this is normal for us as God's kids to show up in this way. And they can do everything that we see Jesus doing that they see me doing, but go do it better to go do it greater in a way only they can with him. That's their destiny. So when I just looked at this trajectory of my life that I didn't expect. I just, it woke up this fierce heart in me to fight for my family, to fight for my brothers and sisters. And what that forced me to do was get really brass tacks with the Lord about who I am to him. And that blew my entire world wide open. And that's what I do now in my work is to make sure we all have access to who he says we are. Yeah. What you said, just because it could have been different doesn't mean it could have been, it would have been better. I think that like sums up just your testimony, right? Because you embrace these really hard seasons. You have an amazing testimony and, and you're right. Like, look at the fruit now. Nobody can tell you that, (laughs) that your faith isn't there, right? That you can't hear from the Lord and just love that. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that. It took 20 years, but I'm so grateful. Yeah. You said Um, you also said I had to get really real with the Lord about who I am to him. And I think that is really where we're going with this conversation. Right. Um, and a lot of that happened for you by the transformation and renewing of your mind, correct? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's been some hardcore decades of doing that and it's the best work I've ever done. Yeah. So we we're going to shift the conversation a little bit because you have an interest in epigenetics and we want to bring that into how, what the Lord is teaching you and even renewing our minds. So can you start by just telling us a little bit about how you became interested in this topic and maybe what it is for those people who are like, yeah. maybe I've heard that term, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. So epigenetics is the term that's most used these days, uh, scientifically to explain the science of what scripture draws out about how to be transformed through the renewing of our mind. It explains things like scripture where scripture says like, as a man thinketh, so he is. And so the way I conceive of this is all of us are born into this world with fragmented DNA, right? We've known this since, since, you know, Adam, Eve, and Jesus are the only three that we're aware of that walk with totally uncorrupted whole DNA. And the science of epigenetics is we can repair our DNA. We're actually not stuck with what we receive. And to me, this is the essence of so many scriptures where we're told, you know, that Jesus made it available for us to grow up into this fullness, right? This, he's the one, he's the new Adam. He made it available for us. And so when he, what he did on the cross is make it available for us to be transformed in this way, to be 
to apply that salvation. He supplied the salvation. We apply it. And I, my, my interpretation of like how we apply, we walk at our salvation with fear and trembling is because most often that looks like facing our own trauma, facing our own fears, facing our own tenderness that just absolutely wrecks us. Right. And we would really rather not, but there's a lot of fear and trembling because we're facing the places that hell has tried to write our stories, right. Tried to create lack, tried to create dysfunction, tried to create, um, in, let's see, lack of access to this fullness of Christ in us that is now our birthright. But we get this gift and this privilege to walk it out. And so doing that pro- doing that process, growing up, and so a lot of my, you've seen Kelsey, a lot of my work is accepting the parts of us that are still growing up, right? Embracing the parts of us that are fully mature, that we have a duty, a right, a commission to walk forward and lead with, right? I know all of your kingdom moms know what this is, right? They're fully mature in some ways. They're leading their own children. And then, especially as we raise our own children, we find the places that we ourselves need to reparent ourselves where we're still growing up in our fullness. So embracing all those parts of us and then step-by-step, just as we walk out our life, steward those things of like, oh, this is popping up that is less than the story heaven's writing over me, less than what scripture says is here. So what stories have I subscribed to? that are less that I have bought from the enemy? What limiting beliefs have I, have I taken on? And then how can I rewrite that? Take that thought captive, right? You'd almost like, I heard someone say that that essence of that thought captive is almost to wrestle it and contain it and to grasp it and to refuse to let it to like have any way. And we really do have to do that. We kind of have to wrestle that thing down, stare it in the face and be like, you are not speaking what my father speaks over me. And I refuse to, I refuse to take that on. You don't get a place here and then to reinstall heaven in that place. And so that's a process that I've been doing myself and walking people through in my, some of my upcoming spaces I'm creating in a real deep way. Um, but that's my kind of intersection of the science of epigenetics and scripture. I love going to scripture for those that want more of the science. Some of Dr. Caroline Leaf's early works was what really opened this wide, like just wide, just busted it open for me. So for those that really love the nitty gritty of that, there's some really great resources out there. I love this is, ah, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because, you know, I'm from a science background and I love when the Bible just reiterates, you know, like how God made things and science is basically the the discovery of how God made things. And it's so cool. Um, I was taking notes as you were talking, but you know, just that we can repair our DNA. We're not stuck with what we receive and Jesus made it available for us to grow up into that fullness. So can you tell us for our listeners who are really interested, obviously in, in repairing their health and well-being journey, how does epigenetics play into that? Yeah. So the first time I was introduced to the science of it was a video series that Dr. Kayla Leaf played a part in, and it was called your body, his temple. You guys might be able to find old DVD copies of it out there somewhere. And she, in that series, she broke down how our thoughts are taken into our brain, right? She went into the places in our brain and I am not even going to try to like, you know, this has been 10 years since I watched this. So I'm going to summarize and paraphrase my recollection of it. Our thoughts come into our brain and we have roughly 1.5 seconds to come into agreement with it or to reject it. 
And when we reject it, she summed up that process of it literally just kind of gets ejected out of the brain. It's like it's hot air, right? It literally is given that much credence that it turns into nothingness. And we have that co-creative power with our God. Like he's like, you're my children. I'm the creator. I endow, he endowed us with this right to, to come into agreement. Like he, just the free will he gave us was this gift that he gave us to do that. And so, however, when we embrace that thought and subscribe to it, it enters like the chemical factory of a brain. Again, I'm not going to reference which part it was, but basically she said, it gets embedded into peptides and it's almost like a photographic Im- imprint of that particular emotion, of that particular belief, of that particular story. And then those peptides actually go throughout our entire body and they get, they start to uh, collect in places and they can, you know, if they're free flowing, if they're all the right shape, all the right, you know, then they, they just flow freely. Right. And you have health, you have full function. Whereas if they're not really full, if they're not really healthy, they get stuck in places. And the best way I theorize this is, I don't know if we all remember the little like toy that toddlers play with and they're in most church nurseries these days of where you, you try to put the like square peg through the round hole and it won't work. I mean, you can put the circle through the square hole cause it'll fit. But then you couldn't, you could only fit certain things, certain places. And so these peptides get stuck in certain portions of our body. And it's why a lot of healing medical health modalities recognize that, for instance, the body, um, like liver is, uh, a place where anger, right? If we have unhealthy shapes, our anger is taking, it affects our liver. If we have fear and dread, it affects our kidneys. Now this seems for those of us in a Western mind, this gets very, um, abstract. It feels very like not grounded, but think about how, like, if we get embarrassed, we get flushed, right? Instantly. We have a physiological representation manifestation of that particular emotion. If we get if we're suddenly scared, right? We can blanch, right? We, we, all the blood rushes away. We have these physiological reactions that are immediate to that emotion. So we're actually very familiar with this. We're actually, it's not, it's not foreign. We're just making that connection of like, oh, that is happening in way more ways than we realize is a very real thing. So yes, the science is fascinating. It really forces us when we recognize like, oh my gosh, like what the Lord has stewarded to me to own my thoughts, to check my feelings for truth, to see, am I coming into agreement with who he says I am? Or am I coming into lower stories that the enemy has sold in my region, in my church, in my, you know, down throughout my family generations and patterns and realizing like, oh, wait, those may have like maybe served us at some point, but if they're not part of heaven's narrative over me, I can't do that because it's literally creating dis-ease and dysfunction in my body. And I have to give Jesus the fullness of his reward in my body, in my temple, not just so I'm living, you know, my best life, but so I'm living his dreams that he's dreamed for me before the foundation of time. And this is a very brass tacks way in which we do that. It's so fascinating to talk about this too, because, you know, I've seen over a decade of diseases and there's a big move now in medicine for more root cause medicine, but I don't know if you, have you read the book by Henry Wright, a more excellent way? I have not. So it's, it's another book talking about spiritual roots of disease and it kind of goes 
into the book that you're about to mention as well. But um, it's interesting to think about the emotional connection and how it changes your epigenetics. Like for example, with autoimmune diseases and often it stems from a rejection of self in some way. And then your cells rejecting themselves, like literally um, anger often manifesting as like low back pain. And I've seen that. I've even seen that in myself. Like if I'm struggling with something, I can feel my body tense up um, in certain ways. And so I'm not claiming to be an expert in this, but I think there's so much truth and so much to discover. And um, yeah, our Western minds do have a hard time wrapping our our brains around this, but I think it's important to talk about and to, to recognize there's a lot more to it. And even with the weight struggle, which we're going to talk about as well. Oh yeah. Well, the more I learn about this, the more I'm like, wow, Lord, like we are fearfully and wonderfully made Mm -hmm. just, you gave us this almost instant reflection of like how this cause and effect, right. That we are this powerful, we are this capable and we do get to partner with you. Like you, the Lord honors our thoughts, our beliefs so much that we get to see almost instant manifestation. And our, our bodies are this really message system that in my experience, right. I'm really realizing like, Oh, if I'm experiencing something in my body, it's a message to me about what I'm actually it having an opportunity to prune from my life because it's hurting me. So yeah. And I, and in our, when we first got to meet, you heard me reference a book that I, I haven't done again, guys, I learn enough to like get really actionable with it and solve a problem and move on to like more of the main thing. But what the, the book that really helped me was called feelings buried alive, never die. And this title just really sums up the reality that we are living with and full, full disclosure. I have not read it cover to cover. What I ended up doing was I ended up just really referencing the back where there's this glossary and it would have like, if you're having a, whatever physical manifestation I was experiencing, I could go look it up and it would give me a list of emotions, experiences, belief systems that contribute to that. Now, Dr. Caroline Leaf said the last time referent or the last statistic I heard from her was they now know that 87% of physical disease has an emotional or, or mindset source. It is not actually a physiological, chemical, biological source. It has an emotional source. So that right there is like how much stewardship we have. Right. And again, some of us came into this life with, we inherited DNA, we inherited a set of genetics and it's our job to upgrade it. It's our job to steward it. And so this is what I began doing. And it was mind blowing to me because with a lot of, a lot of the moms that you're dealing with, some of the, some of the manifestations that have, I really resonated with, right. I really resonated with like, when we stuff feelings, we stuff them down. We're trying to protect our body in some way. We have an inability to admit to self or to others, what we really desire, what we really want. That was huge for me. I'm still reclaiming that. I'm also still reclaiming, um, an inability to express my true feelings when it wasn't safe for most of the decades of my life. And that's what we really reference when you ask me, what am I loving these days? I'm like, I'm loving getting to own my true feelings, even to myself and then learn how to walk those out. So these through lines of self-acceptance and celebration, it's kind of like a treasure hunt and almost like a detective kind of like I turn into a detective. I'm like, what's the root of this? And then how do I get to exercise my authority 
to really bind what is belongs not to us and then loose heaven in us, loose the more of the fullness of our identity, rise up into more of the fullness of the stature of Christ and install heaven in my body with the right narratives, the right thinking. And that is a process. That is a lifelong process. I know we all can think of places where we've had victory. All We can all think of places right now where we're still waiting on victory. And that is um, definitely, yeah, we're going to keep talking about it because it's it's a process that we're in the midst of. Definitely. And you mentioned like stuffing feelings and protecting the body, um, just as epigenetic expression that we want to change. And I can just say from so many experiences with clients I work with that when, when women release the feelings and maybe they didn't just like the book says feelings buried alive, never die. Maybe it's feelings from their childhood that they didn't even recognize that they were stuffing down when they can bring that, when they can release the shame of it and bring it to the light, it's like they can suddenly lose the weight and it's easy because they're walking in that, um, self-identity, the way that they were created to live, you know, it's a, such a beautiful process. It is. And the book, again, I haven't read it cover to cover. I've just kind of flipped through and seen some of the directions they go. And she, I don't know the author's faith background, but she does reference the power of Jesus. It is impossible not to claim what Jesus won for us over our bodies. And so she goes through this process, process of like, you know what? I have felt this. I have experienced that. And we have to validate our prior experiences, right? Especially the pain we experience as children right? I think scripture references like foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child simply because they don't have the wisdom yet to know how to, to sort through all that. Yes. So we really kind of have to get connected with our heavenly father and come and reparent those parts of us that simply didn't have those tools then. And some of the mode, you know, rhythms I saw the author take people through is like acknowledging the feelings and then choosing to replace it with the healthy one. And it's like, you know what? I feel this I do this and then I am this. And it's impossible not to come back to a place of identity of this is who I am. And therefore this is what I do. I am a person who is this. Therefore I am a person who simply does this out of that expression. Yes. And so that's the process that can be found in that book. Again, you know, like you said, I'm not an expert in this. I have my own way of come at it, but that is a really accessible way if people want to dive in and just use their own discernment, use their own Holy spirit. What do you need me to take away from this? Cause that's what I've done is just apply that in my own way. Yeah. And how would you, how would you tie it together then? If someone is on a journey of discovering their self-identity, how do you see it impact their relationship with food and exercise? Okay. Yeah. So like all women, my weight has fluctuated throughout my lifetime in different seasons. And I've definitely had seasons where I've like carried more because I was carrying, I was literally carrying more emotional weight in that, in those seasons and in other seasons where I've had other ones, but what has, so I, I went into my adult life choosing to be very health conscious. And that meant having to steward a lot of autoimmune issues that were inherited right from those genetic predispositions on my mom's side of the family, that those generational patterns had never been broken. They had never been addressed. They had just been like, Oh, this is life. This is just how we do. And then no, like, I'm like, nah, -uh. Jesus made it available for us to do this healing work. And not all of them are instantaneous, but some are right. Um, but for me, where it got, where my biggest hangup was 
was being allowed to move. I had a sister. And so this is one of my childhood things. I didn't realize one of my childhood stories, I had no clue I was carrying around, but I had a sister who was a gymnast and she was, she was competitive. She actually went all the way up to nationals and placed in some of her events on occasion. And the story that I took away from all of that was she's the one that's allowed to move. She was the one that was labeled ADHD. And I was not, I was the good child because I sat still. I was the good child because I remained quiet. I was a good child because I didn't rock the boat. And when I entered adulthood and realized, wait a minute, I love to move. I love to dance. In fact, in when I go to church now, I'm always in the back because it's like when he starts prompting me, like I can't not move in obedience to his expression in me. And so part of this process is grieving, grieving the parts of us that we didn't have access to before grieving the opportunity loss that we experienced because we were in bondage and we were held back from those expressions and then giving ourselves permission to embody it and move forward. And one thing, one story that really pops out at me is um, about five years ago when I had gone through some recent massive life, you know, experiences and I was the heaviest I'd ever been when I wasn't um pregnant or nursing. And I was invited to do a Spartan race. I'm like, I am not fit. There's no way I can do this. There's no way I'm capable. I'm not someone who has, who moves like this. And instead, one of my best friends and her trainer who had like helped train the actors for the DC, uh, justice league movies. She was like, you can do it. We can do it. And I was like, okay, if you're telling me this, like, okay, fine, we'll try it. And I'm going to be real. I probably would not have made it through if my friend had not been there with me every step of the way and, you know, helped me out and helped bear that burden. But throughout that process of just these three and a half miles and these obstacles and moving, I could feel as I was moving this stored trauma being released, these stories coming up and I had to take them captive. It was, I, they were coming up because I was being invited to release them because I was being invited to rewrite them. And throughout this entire race, the Lord just kept having me sing um, Jonathan and Melissa Helzer's song, Catch the Wind, where she sings, I am strong and full of life. I am steadfast, no compromise. I lift my sails to the sky, I can catch the wind. And like her story of that is like the Lord forced her to go through some hard stuff. She's like, Lord, I just want you to fix it. He's like, no, you have to go through like carrying this. You have to go through press through because when she pressed through the song was born and just with what this song has done in my own life, I can only imagine how much, how many others it's released. And so when we are having being invited to press through and we're being invited to move our bodies, to release these things. And when a trauma comes up, it's a complete invitation to release it, to rewrite a new story. And I know for me, exercise is like, I do resist it. I do even massages. I know when I receive a massage and I'm getting, you know, trauma released from my body, I'm going to be facing some stuff. Now I will admit the massage is much more pleasurable than the workout most often, but both of them invite me. And so I would just invite us to like, look at all of these ways of releasing trauma from our body as places to meet with the Lord places to meet with him and be like, you know what? Thank you for meeting me here. And we get to release this. And then we find more joy, more joy in the movement, more joy in finding out what that looks like for us. And so I really got invited to be like, release and retire the story that I'm not, I'm someone who's not allowed to move. I mean, wait a minute. I dance before the Lord. 
this is actually who I am. No longer am I asking and like, is this something I do? Am I allowed to do this? Now it's like, oh, I am the person that does this because this is where I meet with him. This is who he's shown me I am. And I get to be, I get to dance before him. I get to move. I get to fully inhabit this body. And so that's just been some of the places I've been in my own exercise journey that I can only imagine your listeners have their own version of that. I love how you, I mean, it's really a story of taking action and saying yes. Right. And then you had your friend who showed you this different identity and you chose to accept it. And then you started saying like, no, I am, I am an athlete. I am doing the Spartan race, you know, so cool. Yeah. Well, and it goes to show we do need each other, Mm -hmm. right? Kelsey, that's why I'm so grateful you're there showing up for your fit moms, because we need this. I don't know where I'd be without my coach right? Like we have to have this collaboration and this reinforcement with each other. And I really believe that's why Jesus came in human form to really collaborate and show us what it looks like. And he did this with his disciples. He did this with his people, just be human with them and do that iron sharpening iron and that sparring to learn how we can show up in this way. Yeah. I've seen that in women too, where they start speaking that truth. Like I, I am an athlete or one of my fit moms. She said, I'm no longer trying, I'm training. And just that the shift in how we speak about ourselves and our identity, it's, it's really important. You know, it it seems like maybe I've had people say, Oh, that sounds woo woo, or that sounds crazy, but it's actually, it's, it's a vital part of the journey. It completely is. And it's, And it goes beyond like identity is once it's fully ingrained and embodied. And part of the work I do is to make sure we make those steps towards it. Right. And scripture starts off scripture. Like it declares who we are, but it doesn't expect us to have it fully internalized yet. That is a process, right? That is sanctification. Justification is an instant, but sanctification is a process. And so is growing up, right? When you're born into a family, you are instantly part of that family, but you are not the fullest expression of what's available yet, right? And so part of that is scripture talks a lot about putting on this, putting on the righteousness, putting on the garment of that is absolute. And that's called something, uh, the alter ego effect, which you've heard me talk about Kelsey and, and some of our chances to go through that. And so it's important to both speak the identity over us, but then to begin following it up with the action of what does this person do? They put this on. And there's those studies of like, where they give uh, different segments, a, a white lab coat, and they tell one group, they are a doctor. And they tell another group, you're a lab technician. And they tell another group, you are an artist. And what happened is when they released them into their permission to own that identity, like the doctors would suddenly have a greater bedside manner, right? The lab techs would get super detail oriented and the artist just had fullness of expression and creativity. They didn't even know until they had the permission to unlock it. And so I bring that up as just another one of these scientific mechanisms and psychological wirings that the Lord's put in us as a way to try him on in his fullness and be like, oh my gosh, I get to be like you in this. I get to like, and it it's a part of play that releases ourselves from all of our our old stories, right? It doesn't have to be this like super, gosh, like 
this super rigid thing where we, we just rewrite our thoughts and we have to I'm like, no, like we get to play, we get to be kids before our dad and we get to let him dress us. And that's been one of my favorite things is I get to go before and be like, how do you see me? How do you want to dress me? And that's been, I think Kelsey, you've heard a few of my adventures there, but no one's heard all of them because it's just something the Lord and I do over and over again. And now I walk my people through, um, but I just, I wanted to share that to just encourage your moms. Like, just like you watch your kids play dress up, you get to do this with your heavenly father and be like, how do you see me? How do you want to dress me today? What kind of even token do you want me to do today? Right. Do you want me to do my makeup different? Do you want me to just give, have permission to have a messy bun today? Like whatever it is that offers greater freedom and greater expression of play and trying on new portions of yourself that are ultimately inherent in him. This is the super fun part of getting to do life with him and letting him expand us as we journey with him. Yes. And that adventure with the Holy spirit, it's, it's so fun. You know, it's like hearing you talk about this. It just makes me want to go and like conquer the world and like help people to see even more. Like that's the work that you do when we walk in that identity, like life is so much better. And so going through that hard work of breaking off all those chains and getting uncomfortable and changing our discipline and all of that, it's so worth it. Can you give any other examples maybe of how, when we do upgrade our identity, how can this lead to positive changes in our approach to weight loss? Do you have any other examples of that? I mean, yeah. So like, I know for me, like going, even going to the gym when I'm growing up, like only vain people went to the gym, right? I had to demolish that lie that you were a vain person. If you had a gym membership, right? Like that's just such like now looking back on it, like it's so disproportionate to reality, but that was a stronghold. That was a lie that kept God's people from like being strong and being active and being, having permission to inhabit their own bodies. And so I had to even release stories around like having a gym membership and then being allowed to show up and thinking like, oh my gosh, I have to go all out and I have to know how to use it. And I have to know how to use every machine. And which by the way, if you have a gym membership, they will tell you, ask them to show you how to use the machines. Right. If you don't <laughs> want to ask, you know, other people there, like that's their job. That's what they're there for. Um, but I got to embrace this fact that yes, I'm allowed to be athletic, but I'm also maybe not the typical athlete. And I didn't have to be a gym rat. I didn't have to be um, someone who just is like diehard athletic, especially as someone who's healing from uh, just cortisol, like way, like being all over the place for, you know, as I promised process trauma throughout my life, I need a different approach. And so when I allowed myself to be someone, I was like, you know what? I am a fluid. I love fluid movement. I love feeling the energy and the power of God move through me and flowing with him. And I have gone into gym sessions where I'm like, you know what, Holy spirit, I want you to lead me through what machines I want you to lead me through how many reps, like, tell me, invite me what this looks like in every place. And I just had the greatest time just flowing with him and letting him move through me and letting him move through me moment by moment moment, and having him be my trainer and having him be that. And just realizing I get to show up and do it for the joy. Sometimes I only drop into the gym for five minutes and setting that precedent and setting that, like, you know what, this is fun. I enjoy this. I loved this. I loved giving myself permission to move. I loved doing that and writing a whole new story over myself that didn't force me to play some other part. I got to be 
my character, living my story, being the one he's inviting me to. And yeah, I have an end goal to actually be like super toned and fit. Um, but I'm embracing where I am right now, which is not as toned and fit. And I'm okay with that because I've gotten myself through this season. I'm accepting where I am. And my character, the one I'm living is like, I get to learn these lessons and then come forward and share them with others and then celebrate how far I come, even when I do arrive where I'm at. And so sometimes I will admit, I will borrow from the person I aim to be. Like I aim to aim to be like a totally fit 50 year old, right? Like I borrow from that identity. I borrow on like, what does that character do right now? Right. I borrow from, I can feel me at 60 years old and my businesses are flourishing and creating whole identities all over the globe. Like I borrow from what does she do? Who does that person do? Cause that person exists in heaven right? Those are dreams that the Lord already pray, you know, has planned for me before the foundation of time. They're his masterpiece. I just get to draw on that. And then I also get to just use that childlike imagination that my eight-year-old self knew of like, if Laura Ingalls Wilder could just embrace her and share her story, I can live my story of what that looks like today. And so there's kind of a, a phenomenon on TikTok I've noticed in the last year where it's like, main character energy, right? Main character energy. You are the main character of your life. You are, you are the one. And there's so much to learn of how to live an epic story because you cannot outdream God. You cannot outthink him. You it's impossible. So the highest that you're conceiving of the highest that you're believing, he would love to make happen with you, but he also is not going to make us. He's just going to invite us like, Hey, here's the parts. Here's the scripts. Do you want to live this story? And then we can rewrite it as we go because it, this life is completely a choose your own adventure, which is exhilarating and fascinating. Also terrifying every day <laughs> like, oh, wait, I have this much responsibility and power to show up and co-create with my dad today, which means I really have to put my, my ear to his heart. I really have to listen to what he asked for me today. And especially those of us as women, we have our hormones all, are all over the place. Sometimes he's like, some days he's like rest rest, 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 which, and I'm like, Lord, it makes no sense, but I rest. And then the next day I'm like overflowing with creativity or like, because I obeyed, he just knew to store it up. Or I'm hit with things that he's like, now, you know, why I needed you to rest up to get prepped for that. And so, and then there's, there's other days where it's like you, I'm waking you up at 4am because we have things to do. And I'm like, this is not the story I wanted to live today, but okay, let's get rolling. And so those are some of the ways I've experienced it with exercise um, and diet, man. I just, I've just arrived. I like to feel good. I like to feel good in my body. And I very much have been, found a place where I can intuitively eat for what feels good in my body. And sometimes that means all I can, I'm craving alkaline foods. Sometimes it means I'm craving a steak. Sometimes it means I want a couple of bites of cheesesteak that my daughter brings home or like cheesecake. I mean, like there's, I really do live by that 80, 20 rule of like 80% of the time I, I keep in the house things that like, I know will facilitate feeling good. And then I don't worry about life. I celebrate life, live it. And I, it's one of the things I really love Kelsey about how you just really bring forth that balance of real food. And then you do not worry about, you know, the other 20% of just living life. Cause that worry is what will hurt us more than just being present in the moment and living this adventure with him. I think you just released so many women. <laughs> so much freedom there. I 
I have never thought of having the Holy Spirit be my trainer. That's such an interesting thought. And again, the releasing the all or nothing mindset of going to the gym, like, oh, if I don't have an hour, then it's not going or it's not worth going. Um, it's just an interesting concept, even if we're tired or maybe we're working out at home or maybe, you know, Holy Spirit, like, what can I do right now that's honoring to you with my body or what I'm eating? And yeah, it is, you know, you said your life is choose your own adventure and so many good nuggets there. Good. I'm so grateful. Yeah. It's the, the key is like keeping engaged with what keeps this fun with, for us, just like we would for our kids. Right. So yeah, going to the gym is a treat for me now after clearing all those old stories. Love it. Is there a specific Bible verse you hold on to, to remind yourself of this identity and who you are in Christ? Maybe when you're having a harder time to naturally go to those thoughts. Yeah. So I really, a good one for me to just begin discerning things is, is John 10, 10, because it's like, there is a thief that is coming to still kill and destroy. So any place in our life that we are seeing theft, we are seeing death, we are seeing decay, we are seeing destruction. We can know that the root of that is not from heaven and the root. And then it's our job. Like it's literally our job from our father for the Jesus made available to us to bind that and to loose heaven in its place. Jesus is like, your whole job is to bring heaven to earth. And so I'm like, okay, so that is a demarcation. That is what we are deleting, you know, eliminating. And then Jesus is like, I came to bring you life abundant. And that is just something that like the Lord keeps bringing to me. I'm like, he does want to restore the earth. He wants to restore it. I mean, Jesus the whole point of the cross was to eliminate the curses, but we're the ones who apply the cross. We're the ones who use the advantage of, of everything he won for us and reinstate Eden, reinstate a place that is full of, I mean, shoot, Eden means delight and pleasure. Like how much more beautiful is it to get back to a place of we are dwelling in it? in a place where we get the delight and pleasure of everything the Lord's given us. We have to walk with him in the cool of the day, but even more so now we get the gift of like, whoa, not only is that available, but you are able to crush everything. That's not that. And to reestablish new Jerusalem, right? The new order where everyone wins. And so I really, I do come back to John 10, 10 a lot because we got to acknowledge what's here, recognize it's our job to replace it. Jesus made that available for us. And also Ephesians, you've heard me say Ephesians 2.10 and then Ephesians 3.20 is he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ask or imagine because, because his power is at work within us. So again, it comes back to that ownership of he can do that because I allow his dunamis power to flow through me. And that's on me. That's me saying yes to him every day, every hour, no matter what I feel. And it does shift my feelings though, which is super important, right? We need both. So that's where that moment by moment pivot point happens of like, Oh, which side of John 10, 10, am I going to come into agreement with right now? So that reminds me of like, Oh, I am his, I am here to crush hell under my feet. I am here to install the space where his children can come home to their birthright and having the opportunity to have lived that with my own family. I'm just like, okay, Lord, I, this is who you are, what you've done. Thank you for doing this for my family. Now let's go do it for yours. Amen. Do you have any last advice for women who really long to see herself the way that heaven does and to walk out just that those kingdom principles that you just said, like we were designed to bring the kingdom here 
And we have access to that. We have the power of Christ in us. So do you have any last words of wisdom for someone who longs for that? Yeah, I get emotional even as you're asking, because it's like, look on his face, right? Like we do this in early childhood. We look on our caretaker's face and we look and see who they are. And it's like, oh, this is what being human looks like. So worship, praise, like looking on his face and declaring who he is, because this reality is when we do that and when we behold him and we're like, oh my gosh, you're this, you're all of this. And he's like, yeah. And you're mine. Like you're my child. Like all of this is, is our birthright. Everything he is, is our birthright. And so we become like those we hang out with most and he is no exception. So worship is our greatest warfare. The Lord took me to Psalm 149 the other day. It's like literally just lays out worship is our warfare. And it's the most delicious warfare. It is just the most, like we crush hell under us by just looking and declaring who he is, looking on his face, being like, oh, this is what you want me to look like. This is what you're inviting me into, but just adoring him. And so we create that atmosphere when we gaze on him, where he's gazing back on us and we discover how he sees us. And it is with absolute delight and awe and wonder and gazing on him in the same way opens us up for like, wow, just to begin to hear more and more of heaven's narratives over us. And it, it, it's mind blowing. It's so mind blowing, but the gift is getting just to know him first. And then everything else falls into place after that. The gift is to know him first and everything else falls into place. I think that perfectly summarizes just the overall message that you have, including like our weight loss journey and our health. It falls into place when we know our father and we know the abundant life and the good things that he has for us. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you so much for your time, for your just words of wisdom and encouragement today for our community. And we hope to have you back again sometime on the podcast, but before you go, can you just share a little bit about how our audience can connect with you and um, come into your world to, to be encouraged even more? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I didn't even mention this at the beginning, but yeah, I coach and consult for spiritual entrepreneurs. My heart is just to get people so housed in the fullness of their identity that it's impossible for them not to impact their industry, whatever industry they're in. And so I have an event that I is called a new way to be human in business. And you can apply at a new way to be human in business.com. And I do those monthly. And so come on in, we get to have FaceTime. We get to really, it's some really amazing content. I'm everyone loves it that comes through and I would love to be friends on social. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, a few other places, but those are definitely the main ones. And I can't wait to see everyone there. Hey, well, thanks Mariah. And, um, thanks so much for hanging out on the kingdom fit moms podcast today. So good, Kelsey. Thank you so much. Hey fit mom. If this episode blessed you today and you can think of somebody else who's struggling in her weight loss journey, would you consider sharing this week's episode with her to give her a sense of hope? And then while you're at it, hop on over to our free Facebook community, Kingdom Fit Moms, for daily encouragement and support. Let's go shed the weight to shine the light.